Antennas, this episode is brought to you by the good folks at Bevel. You already know it's holiday season approaching. What better gift to get your man or your woman or your brother or your boyfriend or your next-door neighbor or your side piece a Bevel? Their razor is top quality, okay? And you already know that, that Nas already told us that that shaver is a major key. I want you to head on over to getbevel.com forward slash Pete. Again, that's getbevel.com forward slash Pete to get 10% off your first purchase plus free shipping. Come on. Take advantage of that. Cheer. Internets, listen, I want to shout out everybody who came out to the Philadelphia Live Premium Pete Show event sponsored by Grills Pickles, Jason Mark, and Supix Philadelphia, presented by WeWork. Listen, that was a dope night. So many dope people in the room. I just, you know, when I, when I, when I wanted to go on this tour, I wanted to create something that was like a networking event, that people just didn't come and look at me, that you could grab a drink, a bite to eat, and, and, and hear conversations from people from all walks of life. And that's what we've been creating. We made stops in New York City, in Atlanta, um, Philadelphia yesterday, and Houston, you're up next. Houston, you are up next, man. More info, more info to come, but I think it may be December 2nd. So mark your calendars. You're from the H, okay? Get ready because I'm telling you one thing. We're going to do that big. But, you know, again, shouts to everybody who came out last night. Really dope vibe. And, and, and you know, when we set out, everybody on the Premium Peace Show team, when we set out to do this shit as far as go on tour and create a vibe in the city, that's what we've been doing. So I look forward to doing more. Toronto and L.A., you're also on deck soon. So we'll have info more. And, and man, I can't wait in 2018 to really visit more and more cities and really just, just just really check out the city, but more importantly, bring something to the city and highlight people within the city. And that's what we've been doing at each stop, man. So I look forward to it. And I look forward to y'all hearing the Philadelphia episode that will probably be out in a couple of weeks. But, Internet, listen, before we get to this episode, I really want to just start to start to take a little bit of time to talk to the Internet and let them know what the fuck is going on before we jump into an episode. Let me tell you something. I've really been thoroughly and, 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 and truly excited that I've been able to take the Premium Pete show and, and, and create episodes like we have, like the Travis Grillo, um, you know, or, or even like when you think about it, you think about the Styles P episode we did or the Rich Antonella or, or, or the Father's Day episode or, or, you know, or the podcasting episode with Chris Morrow. I mean, you know, sometimes you get deep into these episodes and I know the internets love it and, and I'm glad because that's what you create for people to consume. But, you know, you don't get a, a chance to really, you know, talk and insist, you know, the show, you know, as as as, as changed from, from where we had Lissa, you know, kind of like really I got serious. But, you know, always funny, always, always zero filter. But I wanted to get serious. I wanted to get serious about what the fuck I was doing, serious about creating content, you know, serious about trying to do things that 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 are meaningful. And, and, and I'm proud to sit here today and say that I have been able to do that. Anyway, listen, Intense, I want to I, I want to let you guys know that um, for people who have listened to the, a couple episodes ago, I was at Made in America with my daughter. I brought her out. All she wanted to do was see a boogie. So I was in the middle of the festival. It was raining. And literally, people, kids were just turning the fuck up. You know, I know that's what you young boys do and young girls. And I love it. I love to see it. And recently, uh, last week, I went to the A Boogie concert I brought my daughter to. Another clusterfuck. But uh, it, it was really, you know, honestly, just growing up your kid, you know, it, it, it's you want to support them in anything they do. And, and you want to be there for them. And, and that has been 
such a challenge to be different, but also be a parent, but also be cool, but also let them live. So, you know, I've always, you know, everybody knows I speak about presence over presence and being in your kid's life. And, you know, it gets harder and harder right now. Um, you know, we're getting ready to try to get her to go to college and stay focused. But then again, when you think about it, it's funny when people say, who the fuck is 18 years old and is focused on, you know, what they're doing. But then again, there are people who, you know, are. And I will say this, if you can learn anything from my past failures, is one, have patience. And two, you know, prepare. You know, why not prepare? You know, I mean, I know it may sound corny to prepare because people are like, yo, I don't want to get away from the fun I'm having or, or, or live in the moment. But if you don't prepare for the future, then you'll be backpedaling when you're older. And I always say, like, you can make your own mistakes, but you also need to, you know, learn from other people's mistakes. And I think that's thoroughly important. Um, you know, I continually think that, you know, taking time to do things like that are 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 meaningful. So, you know, I don't want to I don't want to get into too deep, but I do want to like take the time, you know, to to talk to the people and let them know of of what I've been going through um as a parent and and you know, and and keep in mind I got a two I got a two and a half year old and a 17 and a half year old. So that gap alone is tough to raise in. And I and I always I keep on I say this a lot on Twitter, but you have to find your peacefulness. You have to find a balance in life. No one is ever fully happy. No one is always fully successful, you know. And, you know, think about it. Nobody bats five hundred. You know, nobody never not hitting, you know, misses a shot. You know, and and I think there's a lot to learn from your failures, and and I continue to do so. And I think that's important. I never want to put up an image that is not me. You know, I'm not out here sitting here talking about that I'm wearing kilo chains and and Rolex. And not there's nothing wrong. I would love to, but you know, it, it's it's not my time yet to wear that. It's my time to 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 find peace and and things that I love in life and 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 listen you know what also recently I just put a a a post on Twitter and Instagram about what was the better movie Goodfellas or Casino and honestly man I've gotten so many people fucking bugging out saying how is that even a fucking choice Goodfellas it is but then actually I've seen mad people put Casino was amazing I really think the reason why I put that up is Goodfellas to me is one of the most amazing movies ever created way ahead of its time um, super real, you know. As a fellow Italian, I was like, "Yo, to see a movie that wasn't like kind of cardboard gangster or making fun of or kind of bullshit was amazing. That shit was that shit made me like like mesmerized." But then Casino, I feel, was recreated with some of the same characters, a little bit different. But what a look inside the mafia and Vegas and how it looked. Listen, anyway, um, I got a bunch of projects I'm working on, man. I'm I'm, I'm gonna announce something very soon. With you got to eat this. Um, for those of you who don't know, you got to eat this. You know, it's it's a food site, but we also do a lot of food content creation. Me and Bum B have it. You got to eat this. Make sure you check them out on Instagram, on Twitter. Check, just check it out, man. I got a, a big announcement that I'll be making with that soon. Uh, make sure you continue to subscribe, rate, and leave a comment. SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your your information. But now... This week's episode, okay, I'm very excited to present. So I sat down with the one and only T to the motherfucking K Kirkland, okay? Funny motherfucking dude, but a real dude. And and actually, I didn't even know how much he was involved in different things, managing Sandra Bullock, or how he gives information on, you know, relationships, or how he stayed in comedy so long, or, you know, just, just or, or, or his presence in hip-hop and what he has been able to do. Listen, 
T to the K, motherfucking K. You know how much I love comedy. You know how much I love to laugh. Um, you know, last week's episode was amazing. You know, I really enjoyed that with DeRay. The week before with G-Spin. So, you know, now it's good to switch it up with a comedian. You know, we taped this, a, 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 I would say, about a month ago. But, um, you know, I'm so excited to release this episode. Internet, let's get to the motherfucking T to the motherfucking K Premium P Show episode. Cheers. Come on, everybody, get set, let's go. It's the next episode. It's the Premium Pete Show. News, interviews, all of the info. Listen up, it's the Premium Pete Show. If you want the scoop in the low, down low. Listen to the show, cause Milk said so. Fuck what you heard, better act like you know. It's the Premium Pete Show. It's welcome back to another episode of the Premium Pete Show. Sitting here with the one and only T to the K. T to the motherfucking K. T to K. the motherfucking K. Why is it T to the motherfucking K? Because that's my philosophy. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> you, what, what's your real name? Um, Terrence Kirkland. Terrence Kirkland. Yes, sir. Now, now, when you said when you who made it T K Kirkland? How did that? Come well, about? You know, all that came through a journey. Mm-hmm. When I ran track in um, college, I mean high school, they called me Kirkland. Mm-hmm. When I got to college, they called me T K. Mm-hmm. When I got to Entertainment, it was T.K. Kirkland. Why do I feel like there's a cup brand called T.K. Kirkland? There's a water okay. called um, um, Kirkland. Kirkland, yeah. N- not affiliated. I wish I was. <laughs> but there is a water at Costco's named Kirkland Water. And I'm, when I do drink it, I, I do drink it with pride. I think I've seen it in Sam's Cup, too. Yeah. You know, right off the bat, T.K. Kirkland, a comedian for a long time. Yes. Okay. Yes. Amongst many other things that we'll get into. Yes, sir. What the fuck made you get into comedy? What made you think you were fucking funny? Well, I was funny around family, but I wasn't a class clown. I was a college graduate. I was very studious about the books. Um, you know, when I get on these shows, I always try to keep it honest because that's just how I'm built. That's my DNA. And when I was a youngster in college, I ran into this gentleman in Keenan, Ivy Wayans. Mm, I was mm, a skinny mm. kid, little mustache. He said, you look just like Eddie Murphy. So Keenan introduced me to Eddie. I started hanging out with them and enjoying them. And one day, out of nowhere, I robbed Eddie Murphy and Charlie Murphy. Really? True how? story. How? It doesn't matter how. What it, do you mean how? You, I, I took you a role at Jonah. Really? Well, yeah. And that right there, for some reason, after all that chaos, I started doing stand-up comedy. Wait, wait, wait. You just can't jump over that. So let me ask you something. They didn't try to... None of, uh, uh, all that's not necessary. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow, I never knew that. Was yeah, you, now, was it, was it a date just or a yacht master? What, what I don't it? know. I know it was gold. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, but I, and for the people to, who's listening to this, this happened in 1982. Mm. Most of you guys probably wasn't even born. Sure. So sure. it happened in 1982, but that's what got me doing stand-up a couple years later. I, that happened in 82, and I didn't officially start stand-up probably to 1985. When did you start where you bombed? Did, you, did that happen to you? Believe it or not, I'm probably one of the most consistent comedians ever. What do you mean by that? I, you know you're always going to get 40 points from me when I get on the mic. Nice. And that's the beautiful thing. I and, always find a way to win on that mic. And I look at it as sports in a sense, mm-hmm. you know? So if I if I tell people, all the comics know, that T.K. Kirkland is normally consistent. What do you contribute that to? Like, um, I think it comes with paying attention. You know, some people are gifted in some things. I'm just a, um, I'm, I'm very observant. I'm a conversationalist. I can speak well. And my brain is just trained for those type of things. Like, right now I could ask you a question. That somebody, something 
somebody's never asked you privately in years. Mm. You ready? Yeah. When last time you washed behind your ears? Mm, um, today. Really? You know why they stink? <laughs> Yo, I swear to God, I just started to realize that. I remember I put my so like a lot what, of people don't wash behind the ears. I put my I put my uh, um, like hand. I was behind my ear. And yes. I was Scratching, and then when I I have a, I don't have a problem. I want to say I don't want to say it's a problem, but I like to smell. Like okay. if I like sometimes even like somebody give me a cookie. You wear cologne. Uh, I haven't worn in a while, okay, yeah. but I but I, for some reason I like to smell everything. Right, my, even my lady she'll tell me like, "Why are you smelling that?" Mm-hmm. I, I, I just want to. Do smell you it. eat pussy? Uh, yeah, of course. Of course. Okay, because you have a a, a, a bird nose, <laughs> a no. Italian nose. Yeah, I'm yeah Ita- he's Italian. I'm Italian. You know? I'm Italian, man. And, and I can see the the, the pointness. I got the fucking but it, it, it but it gives you the two inch leverage pushback. Sure, sure. Whereas Afro Americans, our nose is flat, and we could get right up on it. Yeah. But with the nose point, yeah. It, hey, listen! You don't get your it, jaw muscles. It, it's all—it's all about the aerial three hundred and sixty. Yes. If they know how to move a certain way, yes. they could get right into the bird. That's true. And I can start chirping. Okay, that's you good. You know what I mean? Like, I'm looking at your neck strength. This is average, but you can work on it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a whole nother Yo, story. TK, you're ahead. a crazy motherfucker. Yo, straight off the bat, <laughs> I'm listening to one of your podcasts. You got a podcast? Now, yes, I do. Called TK Kirkland Show. Yes, sir. Let me tell you something. You were talking about something that had me fucking dying. <laughs> you were talking about how if you're a girl, if you're a guy. And a girl is making more money than you, or she's going to work, and you're a freelancer. When she comes home, she better not find you on the couch. You better not be the fucking Yo, in the house. Yo, hold up one second. My lady makes more money than me. Right. She does way better. Than me. I mean, I love the shit out of her, but I'm, after I listened to that shit, I never forget. She started to open the door, and I was on the couch. Right. I shot the fuck up. And and I just jumped up in the fucking wow. kitchen. Yo, I swear to God, and I was like, Yo, that's good. TK. Told me like yo, real talk. Cause I felt like yo, if this girl opens the door after a hard day work, exactly sees me on the fucking couch, even though I'm bringing money in, right? I'm 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 an entrepreneur. I'm a freelancer, so sometimes it's not always steady as her, right? But she gonna look at me like you bum motherfucker. You bum motherfucker. T- tell us about what you meant by that when you see, said that. This, this, see, when I was coming up, it's funny. My mother dated a man like that. We I call them type of people named Ernie's. That's like Ernie. You are What's Ernie. that mean, Ernie? Ernie is a bum type nigga who sits on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> when your girl comes home and you ain't do nothing all day. So what I try to explain men, see, because most men do live with their girlfriends or wives, sure, right? Sure, sure. And most men are pretty much fucked up. Mm. Right, but they sling dick, they lie, they get into the family, and and you do what you got to do to survive. That's just life, right? But the rule to this shit is don't be on the couch when the wife comes home. Meaning, since you are not successful in life, there's certain things you have to do. You have to have um, um, water ran in the tub for your girl. If you're not a cook, you got to have food in on the stove for her. And you got to make sure that the place is smelling good, beds made up, everything. And you got to be out of the house before she comes. She gets home at 5, you leave at 3.30. <laughs> and you don't come home till about 10.30, 11 o'clock. And she says, where are you? I'm going out with the friends or something. But you never want to be home when a woman comes home from work. Mm. Never. Mm. Playing PlayStation, sure, smoking sure. weed, sure. or having friends over in her apartment. Because nine times out of ten, it's her apartment. Do you know, there's a lot of girls who suffer from guys playing video games. Yes. And ain't getting the dick enough. Like, right. I'll never forget when I used to work in an office. Yes. There was this girl I used to talk to, and she'd be like, man, I love my boyfriend, but sometimes I'd be standing there in lingerie, and he's playing Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. And at the time I was single, I, and I felt like, you know, I wanted to be professional. I couldn't say it before. Right. I say, you could use my dick if you want. Exactly. Because she literally told me that she would look at him 
have lingerie on, have the face on, fuck me, mm-hmm. and everybody go, I'm on level six. Yes. Hold up. What, there's the deeper message right there. Mm. See, if you don't manage your dick properly or manage your pussy properly, I don't give a fuck what you got on. When a man is tired, bitch, I, you can come out here and your pussy could be squirting oceans, the most tropical water ever mm. man has Capri ever sun. seen. Capri Sun. Nobody gives a fuck. Mm. But when a man is tired, he's tired. And I tell people, show me three women, show me three bitches that you think inspire. I'll show you three niggas running from her. Mm. You know, it's funny because it's, it, I always use this line that people say, you know, it's almost similar to that. It's like, mm-hmm. show me a hot girl, I'll show you somebody tired of fucking her. Exactly. People, you know, but anyway. But he, you have to manage dick. Mm, mm, see, a lot of people. Break don't that have, down. See, manage dick is very important to a man. When you're in a relationship with a woman, you can't fuck her every day. Mm. You got to fuck on a Monday, maybe a Thursday, maybe a Friday because you want it to build up so you can really miss her, so you can really appreciate having sex with the girl. Two, your money got to be right to have sex. Mm. I tell people all the time, if you haven't accomplished anything during the week, you don't deserve no pussy. Mm. It's just like when you have dinner and if you don't eat all your food, your mom says, oh, you're not going to get any dessert. Mm. Well, it's the same fucking thing. (laughs) The pussy is for motherfuckers who work 40 hours a week who work hard and they bring something home and they take their girl out to eat and then you get your balls rubbed, you suck, get your dick sucked, mm. you fuck, and enjoy yourself. What do you feel about relationships in the beginning? How they're all lovey-dovey, nobody's breath stinks, people are sucking and fucking, and then two, three years into that relationship, a lot of them, you know, they... they... Because nine times out of ten, they rush the relationship. Mm. See, when we meet a girl immediately... We looking at thighs mm. or ass, and mm. we want it instantly that night. But you should take your time. Mm. See, once you start you fucking, the momentum's done. Sure, your mind is all cluttered. You can't think straight. Men put themselves in financial stress that they can't afford. You know, a girl might have children. You don't have no kids, so you because she fucked you good. She got a cute shape. You feel you should be with this woman, sure. but in actuality, she's a liability. Mm. She's not an asset. And people have to be disciplined enough to know what the difference is. Okay, I really like this girl. She got children, but she's a liability because my money is not right. And when a man meets a woman with children, your money got to be right. Or you got to leave her alone. Or years down the line, you're going to be mad. Mm. You're going to be upset. Now, and, and, it's, it's, and it's levels to it. You can have your own children. Sure. She can have her kids. You're in love with her. And now somebody, your money's not right. Somebody's going to suffer. Nine times out of ten is the child that's not in the home. Have you ever stayed with a girl who had amazing pussy but was fucked the fuck up? No, just... I never lived with a woman. Mm. Never? No, I got four kids, but I, 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 I was slinging dick. I was a player. <laughs> you know, I'll fuck you, take care of you, and I keep it moving. Yeah. Because it, being in a relationship really wasn't for me. But even to this day? Yeah, even to this day. I'm 56 but, years old. I'm still single. You know, I remember Bun told me, Bun B mm-hmm. told me, too short. he told Too Short, because Too Short was moving around. And I that's guess. my man. And he told Too Short, like, uh, or maybe Too Short told him, but I don't that's know. Right. I guarantee you Too Short told him. He told him, like, what, what, what's life if you don't have nobody to share it with? Mm-hmm. He said sometimes in this industry, people go around and, and, and you're running and gunning, but then you never have nobody really special right. by your side. Did you ever think about that? No, I don't really care about it. I, that's what I had to sacrifice mm. in my career. To be successful. To be successful. So do you think if you had a wife or someone that you had to answer to, you wouldn't be as successful as you are? 
Now, she'd probably be dead because I don't like answering nobody. <laughs> That's why I don't, I'm single because I, like, I don't like answering questions. Yeah. yeah. That's why if I, when I do date or call myself dating, I do all the right things so that no one can question me. Like, I'm going to tell you where I am. I'm going to tell you what I'm doing. I'm going to tell you what time I'm going to be home. So you don't have to say, where were you? Because I don't like to be questioned. That's yeah, just me. Yeah. But in a relationship, question always happens. Always happens. And that's why I don't like it. Like, I'm kind of dating somebody now. Yeah. Beautiful girl. Yeah. We haven't fucked yet. Yeah. But we've been on the phone because my conversation is just on a whole nother level. I'm actor. Yeah, yeah. But it was the wrong girl to date. Are you stay on the phone sometimes. That's like, you know, what you're doing is investing in the pussy. You're investing in the pussy. Yeah. But I don't want the pussy now. Yeah, okay. Because she don't have 25000 in the bank. Mm-hmm. She's going to be a liability if I fuck her. Mm. And if I fuck her as a man, if she has any problems in the future, rent, late cable, need a hair done, I have to finance it. What is the best relationship you've ever been in? That you really were happy, and and you know, and and I don't think I've ever been in a situation like that. Mm. I think I've di- I've dated a lot of women. What's the best sex you ever had? Oh, ever? all the time, every time. I really? Had. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And is that you or the girl? I think it's both. Mm. I think you gotta have. Sometimes it could be the man to bring the 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 freakiness out of the female, and then sometimes you have a woman who wants to please you just as much as you want to please her. And if you have those two, man. It's off the chain. What about threesomes? You believe in that? I had a, fi- a fivesome. What? Oh, absolutely. Explain that. Explain well, that. Well, um, I did a show in Detroit, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, five doctors came to my show. I wanted mm-hmm. to fuck, and I went, fucked them raw. It was mm-hmm. just one of them nights, and two of them got pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. And, and you had the, and those are your kids? No. One had a, um, a miscarriage, okay. and one had an abortion because she was, get, she was engaged mm. to get married to a cop. So what made you think she came there to take your loads? To be honest with you, I don't think she came to take my load. I just think there's a word that people forgot in our society called seducing. Mm. I seduced them. When was this? It was like, this is in yeah. the 90s. Okay. This is like 93, 94. So TK was moving around. Moving around. Hot commodity. Hot commodity and boom. It was, it was fantastic. Matter of fact, I just saw them recently. I just did a show with EPMD and um, Run DMC nice. in, in Detroit. And they was at the club um, having drinks. I bought everybody a drink and I left. You know, let's take it back for a second. You know, being a comedian, I mean, you have other business ventures and we'll get mm-hmm. into that. But being a comedian, was was it a struggle in the beginning for you that you could ever think like, oh, is this going to be a real job for me? You know, I, when I started, I, that's what I'm saying. Some people are blessed in some way because I'm a businessman. It took right off for me mm. um, from day one. And I've never had a job. And I've been doing this since 1985. Mm. Mm. And then I got into management. And I brought a lot of people on, like um, D.L. Hughley, Mike mm-hmm. Epps, um, Godfrey Danchema, um, managed people like Sandra Bullock, Anthony Michael Hall, John Lucasamo. Mm-hmm. I was doing, then I toured with Spanish some of the, guy. Yeah, Spanish guy. Then I toured with some of the f- most phenomenal rap groups ever. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was NWA's opening act. I wrote comedy skits on albums back in the day, um, Timberland's first CD. Yep, yep. Um, AMG, Bitch Better Have My How Money. How did that happen with Timberland? Uh, me and Tim was real good friends, and I knew his father because <clears throat> I was in the music industry in my own right, and they wound up doing this, doing the album, and it was just a beautiful thing. Mm, that's special. I'm excited. Yeah. I still yeah. get a check from that to this day. Really? I still Abscat? get a check. Yep. Okay. Still get a check. Look at you. Now, what are some of the other businesses that you have going on? You know, um, I have a couple businesses, things. I have a, a fuel company called Power Fuel Solution, where I have a minority contract selling jet fuel to 
Nice. Uh, Delta Airlines. It was just a little, little something. What so. made you wanted to get into that way? How did that I'm happen? always uh, my ear is always open <clears throat> for business, and I just happened to be at the right time in Columbus, Ohio, with a group of people. Yeah, because I had already been selling oil, um, brokering oil from time to time, and I knew the right people. Put everybody together. Boom, the rest of the system. Mm. You mentioned Sandra Bullock. Yes. Why did you stop managing her? We didn't. She fired us. Really? She yeah. said, "Get the fuck." Did you try well, to fuck her? No, never tried to fuck her. But okay. you know, people go when they when you have crisis in the family, things change. Mm-hmm. Her mother died, mm-hmm. and when her mom died, her father got in her ear. Her father was really never really in her life and all that kind of shit. So he got in her ear. She wound up firing my team, which is uh, artistry management at the time. It was Tommy Chester, David Klingman, and myself, and. um she wanted her dad to manage her. Mm. I mean, we had to um, take care of a few little things to get the rest of our money, and we got that, and he had to let it go. But it was some good times, though. Yeah, I'm the sure. most easiest money I ever made. Really? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Now, what did you ever do with your first big check? Like, what did you... Did you... It's funny. I used to leave checks in the in drawer. The drawer? Was, and, yeah. and, my, and people used to call me and say, yo, you got to cast the check. Because I always had a few dollars. You know, I was a, a track star, came out of high school, running track. And scholarship? Yeah, scholarship to Arizona State. You grew up in Jersey City? Yeah, Jersey City, New Jersey. Which was, it was a beautiful city at the time. Yeah, don't you don't like it now. so much now? I don't never really go through a lot of bad memories for me in Jersey City. You know, my um, brother got murdered by the cops mm. in Jersey City. Sorry my dad died um, really in Staten Island. He got pulled in by undercurrent. My mother died of cancer. And my youngest brother died of kidney failure. So when I go to Jersey, it's really those type of memories. You know, th- those are some tragic moments. Yeah. You know, did you grow up with mom and dad? Yeah, I grew up with my parents. And though. they were both married and yeah, they stayed still together? Was mm-hmm. Yeah, still married. Yeah. He was, he was a player, but, you know, it still worked out as long as it could. Did you learn? But he died young, though. I, I was 14 when my father died. Okay. And he, and he was 35 years old. You so. being 14, do you remember anything? Like, is there something that sticks with you when you think of Pops? When I think of my father, I think about the day he died, That for some, when he picked up three pennies off the floor before he walked out. For some reason, that's always been in my head all mm. these years. That's it, pretty much. You know why he did and that? And he whooped on my ass for me being a bad kid. Um, some bad grades. No, no. I got some belt? bad grades, and I was supposed to go around the corner to see this girl, and I snuck up the porch thinking they wasn't going to find out. And when I got back, he took me in the back room with my ass, and it's like I was trying to escape, but there was nowhere to go, so it was all these black yeah. marks. Like I was trying <laughs> to get out of there like a horror film. Yeah, that's, that's when you think back of like things that pops have done. It's it's, it's and, and believe it or not, kids need their ass beat. The that day won't happen they, anymore. You that know, will never happen. You know, if you do that now, you go to prison. That's right. You sure will. You think about that shit. You will go to jail. Now you have four kids. I have four. What's your oldest? Um, Eris. He works for Interscope Records. Really kid. nice, mm-hmm. nice. How has it been? You know, what is it? Girls or, or two boys, two girls? That's beautiful. Great yes. mix up. Mm-hmm. How has it been being a father? A that's father the greatest. Like that? gift in the world and the hardest Mm. being a parent being a parent is really one of the most hardest things a person can ever get themselves into because you got to worry about four people fed dress well you don't want nothing to happen to them and it it can really take a toll on you you know yeah i i actually that because so i have two kids Mm -hmm. um you know, uh, one with my uh, first wife and one with my, wait, now 17 and two. Okay. But I'll be honest with you, growing her up, and I've been separated dad since she was like two. Yes. It was easy in the, in the beginning uh, ages. Right. Now it's so hard. Yes, And is. what I mean by that is you not being there. Yes. It really get, you really realize how much tougher it is because, you know, you only, uh, 
I would see her, and then I would be like, oh, I got to punish her? I only see her two days a week, and now I got to punish her. Yeah, it, but can you, can you spend more time with her now? Sure, sure, and I yeah. do. But, I'm going to tell you something yeah. real smooth to do. Yeah. Tomorrow when you get up, send your daughter, start sending your daughter a card mm-hmm. once a month with some cologne on it, with Daddy Love You, and all that kind of stuff. And as time goes on, she will always remember these type of cards that my dad sent. I do this all the time with my sure. children. My daughters get flowers, cards ever since they was tr- babies because I want them to know that they are truly loved and can't no man just come in their life sure. and say, oh, I love you or you're beautiful. Except. And my kids travel with me. Mm. I take my kids everywhere with me. So when they're not in school or sometimes when they got a break, you know, I used to go fly and pick them because they ain't different. You know, I got four baby mamas. Mm-mm. So I used to, my two other boys is different, but the girls, I'll pick one up in L.A., go to North Carolina, we all go out of the country, and I still would take everybody home, which was the roughest sure. thing a body, a, a man Dropping could put his off. body through. Sure. Now, because they're 15 and 16 years old, pay for the airline ticket. Yeah, see you later. Yeah. And we come and meet daddy. You know, you're right. It's funny because I, I remember Friday nights, man, I used to be so excited to pick up my daughter. Mm-hmm. And then Sunday, I, I, I've said it before on multiple episodes that, uh, you know, a tear would come to my eye because right. you, you drop them off and it's like, you know, it's weird because it's like you're almost like a free man guy. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like it's like, a, like you're not the person you were. Or right. You get divorced or, or you're just not with them. Mm-hmm. But it's um, it's it's tough but you on could, you, But man. you can spend more time with it, though, yeah. Pete. Yeah. It doesn't just because of court or whatever agreement you're okay No, no, I definitely spend more time. But yeah. the thing is, you know, when they get older, I mean, I'm sure you're dealing with it. You know, they only want to spend a limited amount of time as they get older, too. You know oh, no, I, mean? I don't play that. Yeah. No, 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 no. Really? Oh, no, no, no. When I say we rolling with daddy, you rolling with daddy. Mm-hmm. And that's the, is, no. Now, now, are they all friend, like, friendly together? Yes, they are. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which I think is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, that, and that has a lot important. to do with you. Yep, sure does. Putting them when together. When I see children, and, 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 and if they have problems... That to me, I put the blame on the father mm. because the man is supposed to be the leader and you're supposed to guide. Like if there's bickering in the family or confusion, that's the father who didn't put his foot down and stood up to be a leader in the family. Because I don't have that shit in my house. Mm. We ain't, ain't nobody going to talk about nobody. Ain't going to be no fucking yelling. Ain't, matter of fact, I ain't going to be complaining because we're successful. Mm. So because we're successful, I want motherfuckers hugging and having a good time because we've been through, I've been through so much shit. So my children, my boys can't even get in trouble because I've been through so much shit and got away with so much shit. The guards ain't going to allow a second generation of Kirklands to get in trouble because he's going to punish you. So mm. you're not even allowed to get in trouble. So I'm really hard on it. And my kids don't even think about getting in trouble. They, do all do the right thing, thank God. You ever feel, uh, you know, guilty that you weren't there to raise any of them? No, we're all, we're close. I raised them. Yeah, yeah, I, we're definitely close. I raised my kids. I wasn't like see you once a year or nothing like that. We are together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, listen, I always say presence over presence. That's what it means. No, you know? I think both. You got to yeah. do both. Presence with presence. Presence sometimes? with presence. And Absolutely. presence over presence. Absolutely. Both nah, fuck that. You, they got to get gifts yeah, and should. you got to spend time yeah, with you them. Got to, they, they're going <laughs> to ask you for that. Exactly. You know, let's take it to being a comedian, and I watched you over the years. Mm-hmm. Funny as fuck. I think that you, you, if I counted how many times you cursed in, in a fucking uh, yes. a, a comedy session, yes. I love it. I love right. It's amazing what a curse could do. You know, growing up, my father wouldn't let me uh, curse. Right. He would go crazy. Now he curses. Mm-hmm. You know? That's funny. But, you know, I love curses. Mm-hmm. I, always, I, I just always think it, like, amplified the comedian. Right. Shit. I think so. Yeah. And have you noticed, I curse a lot on stage, but when I get off stage, I don't use profanity 
but very, very little. I mean, every time I spoke to you, every time I seen you, I never heard you curse. Never curse. But when you on, when you on, it, when you I'm know. on stage, it boom. Because cursing to me shouldn't be part of your vocabulary. Mm. Like when I tell women that use profanity, I always try to get them not to curse. I said, not, I'm not trying to tell you what to do, but listen to what I'm trying to say. I said, cursing should be used as a weapon, more so than your everyday vocabulary, because no man is going to let a woman come around him and his children or his parents, and she's cursing a lot. Mm, that's true. It ain't, it ain't happening. Even the terminology, you think about it, when we have sex, a, a girl says or a guy says, yo, I want to fuck the shit out of you. Mm-hmm. We think about that. Yeah, what sounds the fuck good. Is smoke? Yeah, it does sound good, but when you think about it, really, like, what the fuck is fucking the shit out of somebody? Yeah, but we get the point. Yeah, no, <laughs> I know, but when you think about that shit, it does right. sound crazy. Mm-hmm. It does sound crazy. You know you know what I want to get to? Com- just comedians in general. Mm-hmm. So many of them are funny, and so many of them suffer from depression. Yes. So, you know, it's like you look at somebody like Robin Williams, mm-hmm. or you look at, uh, you know, just different people who have suffered from depression. Yes. But they make people laugh. Right. Do you ever, like, suffer from depression? No, I don't. Really? TK, man, what the, what was the fucking sauce? Let, let me explain to you. I came up as a hustler. Okay. When I say that, I mean, a re- I'm not I'm not talking about nickel talk and dime, about it, talk dude, about selling weed. I'm talking about I was really moving weight with my family. Nicky Bonds? No, Junior Mafia out of Philly, folks out of Chicago, Crips and Bloods out of Los Angeles, California. Wait, both Crips and Bloods? Yeah, I, 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 I was the connect. So my thing was I never really had those type of issues or problems where I was depressed. I've always gotten pussy. I've always traveled. And I never really put myself in a situation to truly just be depressed like that. It just, it's never happened. Because comedy was as a wasn't really my thing. I was getting money. It's just that I started doing comedy, started liking it, and I got good at it. But I think depression or that is pretty much in your DNA before you you start doing stand-up comedy, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no. And I'm glad I'm not that way. I'm glad that... Why do you think somebody like Robin Williams... Who, probably something from his family something yeah. and something that he inherit. Mm. And you just know? don't want to talk about it with somebody? Or probably don't want to talk about it. You know, it's, it's a shame that these guys have these type of problems. I just go through life, and I, I just truly enjoy life. You ever come across uh, um, somebody like um, Robin Williams? No, I'm I'm, a, I'm pretty much a loner. Mm. Yeah, if you see me, I'm pretty much by myself, unless I'm on a date with a female. I don't do double dating or nothing like that because um, so many weird things can happen or... Normally, if I go on a date, I'm going to eat, I'm going to have a good time, and I know I'm going to fuck. Mm, mm. And I don't want nobody else to mess that up, fucking up my pussy, if you rolling with me. That's all. What's the um, best celebrity you ever slept with, if you did sleep with one? Have I ever slept with a celebrity? Who knows? Probably One did. of my girls, one of my friends, um, she played on The View, um, Sherry Shepard. Really? I used to fuck Sherry Shepard back in the day. <laughs> You know, how was she that? Nice, Sherry Shepard can fuck. Yeah. Yeah, Sherry Shepard can She's fuck. She's beautiful. Yeah, who else I got down with? Um, oh, this is my baby right here. Um, Amanda. Really? Amanda Lewis? Yes. From the MTV day. Yes. Yeah. That was my girlfriend for years. Damn. Yeah, when she was like 19, I was like 27 years old out mm. of San Diego, and I was dating her for a long All through when she went to college through um, Howard. Mm. Um, she was my girl. Ain't you? Yeah, and then she was just, you know, in, enjoying life. And I watched her grow. I watched her get on MTV. I watched her become a radio host. And now she's married. And she always wanted a kid. Mm. She always wanted that family. She 
that was just the type of female she was. Ever since she was young, she just wanted to be married with children. She didn't really care about um, the entertainment life. Now, is 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 it the looks or is it the the status that attracts you when you're messing with, like, say, a celebrity chick or a girl who? I'm not really yeah. into celebrity chicks. I'll mess with you, but the thing that I understand, you, you got to understand life, right? You got to know who you are. Mm. I have to met meet somebody that's an asset more than a liability. Sure. Period. Mm-hmm. Whether you're a doctor, I don't give a fuck if you're the owner of Starbucks, you have to be an asset. Mm. Bottom line. You ever turn down pussy? Yeah, all the time. Give us an example of how you turn down pussy. Well, you know, um, if a woman lays in bed to me and, and I find out that she's not an asset, nine times out of ten, I'm not sexually attracted to you. Mm. I just won't allow myself to do it. Or I could be interested in fucking you. You bring me over to your house and your house is dirty. It ain't going down. So you're saying if she has like panties and hoodies on top of a treadmill, you know? No, I mean her. really fucked up places. Okay. But normally I don't go to people's house because I'm a, I'm always staying in beautiful hotels. So if I meet people I'm traveling, normally they come to me. You travel a lot, a great deal. What's the groupies like? Um, I don't really have groupies. I'm too old for groupies. But <laughs> you I did have, have groupies. No, never had groupies. No, I just really? had I just had girls in certain places. I could call them. And like when I used to tour with Jay Z, they used to always say that um, every city he went to, they're like, "Damn, do you like the headline?" Because I always had a bad bitch breathing on me. Tell us about that. How did that even happen? Touring well, with Jay Z, and when was that? Well, me and Jay Z met way back in 1995 when he just started him and Damon Dash. Mm-hmm. I threw a huge party up in Manhattan. And I paid him fifteen hundred dollars to do my birthday party. Really? Oh, true story. Shit, you never get that again. Never get that. I hope we give it. I hope I see him give it back to him. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's how you met. That's how we met. And the rest, they took me on tour and on like life tours. Certain promoters would do book different shows. I was always the host, and that led to me doing the Rough Riders Cash Money tour. Yeah. Tours with the, um, Lil Wayne and them. I did their movie called Baller Blocking. Mm-hmm. I, I played the cop in that movie. Then after that, I did another movie before then, which called Strays with Vin Diesel's first film. Yep, yep. Um, then I did New Jersey Drive. Um, did an HBO special called Mo Funny. So when did you? Who? Who? Okay, this comedians become actors a lot. Right. Do, do, would you agree with I that? I agree. How does that happen? Like, meaning, it depends. Uh, I never, I never really went for an audition. Mm-hmm. Most people I got into films knew me and asked me to be in a film. So they thought you'd be a good fit, right? Film. And I don't go on auditions because I really think um, casting people already know who they want mm-hmm. already. And I am the kind of man that if there's fifteen thousand over here and I'm gonna waste my time in the audition, I'm going for the fifteen thousand. Mm. I just don't want to waste my time. You know? Do you feel like having too much experience sometimes? Is is a detriment to you? Know? I totally agree. Yeah. Because agencies, CAA, everybody's been trying to manage me for years, but they say I'm, I'm brilliant. Yeah, yeah. So what the fuck can they do for me? <laughs> you know, like I get up 4.30 in the morning, I do all my phone calls, do all my emails, I do all my posting, and I book my own shows. Sure, nice, like I, nice. You know, nobody works for me. I work for myself, and I'm booked for the next 15, 20 years. But what the fuck? But don't you think, he <laughs> said, I'm booked for the next No, 15. I'm really booked for no, the no, next I 15 believe, years, honestly. Don't you, don't you think that, you need to delegate some work only so you could concentrate on other things? Yes, I totally agree. But I do such a good job mm. that I don't see nobody doing it better than me. Mm-mm. Even when it comes down to negotiation, even when I do deal with some agents, I tell the agent what to do. No. Like, I still put concerts on, like, we were talking about Tusha earlier. Okay. Um, I put a concert together for next October 8th. 
Columbus Day weekend in Oakland. Okay. And what I did was I two shows opening it for me. It's my show. Mm. So I got him as the opening act. We're gonna put some other people on the show, but I'm the headliner, mm. and nice. it's um it's, it's a hip hop comedy show. So I wanted to use two shows because one is Oakland. Two, we've known each other since the NWA days. He was our opening act too. I'm um, in 1988, and I'm looking forward to sell out, and I'm looking forward to the payday on that because I put up all the money for it. Did you uh, do something with Def Comedy Jam? Never did Def Jam. What? Why is that? I never did Def Jam. I was the first. Russell person, ain't fucking with you. Well, they called me. Bob Sumner and Tina Graham mm-hmm. gave me a call to do Def Jam, and I turned it down. Why? The reason why I turned it down because there was also another special coming out at that same time. You can Google it called Mo Funny. Mm. Mo Funny was a documentary that compared me to Miles Mabley, the Richard Pryors of the day of me being the next generation voice. And to me, I wish I would have did Def Jam. I think it would have been a beautiful situation but i didn't do it so i kept it moving in your in your honest opinion who is some of your favorite comedians some of my favorite comics i will honestly is tommy davison Mm -hmm. i think tommy davison is um a genius funny um musical talent and i just really love him on stage to really watch him in a small setting i don't like him in big concerts Mm -hmm. i like him in small settings um another young comics um a kid named skeet carter out of Philadelphia, young, mm-hmm. ambitious businessman. I taught him the game really well. He's really taking the blueprint, and really, he's really thriving. He's only been doing it six, seven years. I'm looking forward to see him in the next 15 years, what he's going to accomplish. And another kid out of um, Atlanta, Georgia, named Special K, mm-hmm. who's mm-hmm. pretty decent as well. So um, they're going to be on the show on nice. Saturday here nice. at Caroline's um, with the Breakfast Club. Caroline's. So, listen, what's the lifespan of a comedian? It depends on how you want to move. Mm. You know, like I work out, I swim, I take You're 20 yoga. plus years, right? 20, 25. Oh, I'm 30 something Fuck. years. Yeah, I'm 56. God, you fucking Lawrence Taylor, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm 56 fuck? years old. So I've been doing it a long time. I enjoy it. It keeps you young. It keeps you, um, it makes you want to take care of yourself. Like I said, I take yoga, I lift weights. Bickering? Uh, you do bickering? I don't know what the fuck that shit is called. I just know it's exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> but I suggest all men take yoga. What, why yoga. is that? Why? Because the asses <laughs> in there with the women is fucking... Because um, I'm a masturbator. Okay, okay. You know? Ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I'm, I'm I, a true listen, masturbator. I spent, I spent a couple of years in, uh, away in jail. Yeah, I don't even have to be in jail. No. Um, I, I saw a couple of bitches the day through walking through the city that I'm going to fuck tonight when I get to my hotel. Yeah, yeah. And you have to be creative like that. You know, so if you take classes and the women are beautiful, oh, man, you never really have to be married or have a girlfriend again. You just take your pick. I think if you masturbate, you save yourself a lot of time, headache, and money. Absolutely. And it helps cut down on prostate cancer. Really? Yeah, Google it. I tell in my show, I I try to get men to masturbate a lot more Mm. to help to cut down on prostate cancer. It's very important. You know, uh, let's take a quick break. We're sitting here with T to the motherfucking K. Kirkland. Yes, sir. We out here going over the journey. 30 <laughs> fucking years in this game. Yes, sir. Never had any other job. Never had another job. Okay. We're, we're going to get back to that as soon as we come back. Mm-hmm. Internet, listen, throw on some old T.K. Kirkland uh, tapes, some yeah. YouTube. Who, if you got a VHS, put, put it on. Right, right. That's funny as hell. You know, we got a VHS. Yeah, Internet's go to YouTube. Yeah, yeah YouTube, Hulu, TK, Netflix. Yeah, T.K. You fuck, you're on Netflix? I'm on, no, not yet. I'm about to shoot my special this year because I want to finance it myself. Okay. And take it to which I think is a great thing what they're doing to 
Uh, it's like being an Uber driver. Okay. Right? You can have an Uber driver. You can make your own money. Sure. Well, Netflix is the same thing. Mm. If you come there with proper production and tape your own show, they're they giving you a check. Really? Yes, the fuck they are. Fuck. Internets, get out there and create something. <laughs> no pornos, though. Yep. They're giving you a check, brother. Wow. Yes, they are. Fuck. Hey, listen, we live in a new day and age. We live in a new day and age. We'll be right back. Anything that you thought of, I'm sorry. No, it's all good. Yeah. Anything that you thought about comedy 20 years ago, throw it out the window. It doesn't even apply anymore. See, you've been able to evolve. Yes. And I think that has been, you know, leading to your success all of these years. Absolutely. I like that. I totally agree with you 100%. I like that. And you know who's my mentor? Who? From a business side that keeps me going? Ari Gold from Entourage. Really? Man, you got a water gun? That's the baddest motherfucker. If I was an agent, that's how I would be. So mm. I'm like that with me. Mm. Anyway, I make shit happen. And Ari Gold is the greatest agent that ever fucking lived. He is. Am I right? Yes, that he is. That motherfucker would sit on a roof and snipe your ass to get a deal. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back, I want to talk about deals. Yes. Because there's something that I want to ask you. Okay, cool. Internet, we'll be right back. Sitting here with T to the motherfucking K. Kirkland. Cheer. Yo, what's up? This is the Trilogy Bumby. You're now tuning in to my brother, Premium Pete, and the Premium Pete Podcast. Relax. He's a friend of ours. Internet, we already told you that this episode is brought to you by the good folks at Bevel. We already said it's holiday season, man. Okay? Nothing better than to get somebody you love a Bevel. The razor, the shaver. I mean, come on now. I mean, we could even get into the other things that Tristan Walker is doing. Those guys has created a product that is not only dope and game-changing, but it is also a top of the line in the beauty products. You go to Target, that shit is sold out. I'm going to give you a chance right now today to get a discount and get free shipping. Head on over to GetBevel.com forward slash Pete. Again, that's GetBevel.com forward slash Pete to get 10% off your first purchase and free shipping. I ain't got no much more to say. It's holiday time. You know what to do. Get the one you love, a bevel. Now let's get back to the show. Cheer. Internet and we're back sitting here with T to the motherfucking K. Yo, uh, on the break, we're talking about uh, 50. Yes. You, uh, you're in the window shop? Me you? and 50 how, been friends. How the fuck did this happen? For years. Here's the great thing about what happened. When 50 got shot, mm-hmm. I have nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. When 50 got <laughs> shot, I was on tour with the Rough Riders, and I didn't really know who he was. I introduced him to be on the show. A couple years later, 50 has the number one album in the country. I'm watching the videos at home, um, Wankster and all yep, that, yep. not knowing that I knew the guy. I didn't, I, I, I didn't, honestly, I didn't know I knew him. Mm. My son and his friend really loved Eminem and 50 Cent. Mm. They come to Detroit one day. And because I toured so much, I pretty much knew the security. But for some reason, the security always was hating on me. For whatever reason, we don't know. So this one day in Detroit, 50 is coming with the police escort, with the buses. He gets off the bus. I'm standing in the crowd trying to see if I know any of the security people to get my boys into the concert. 50 stops. Turns around and says, T to the motherfucking K. You coming to the show? I said, yeah. I, like, my voice was, like, squeaky like a bitch because I couldn't believe that he recognized me or he knew who he knew sure, I was. Sure. I said, my sons are here. I'm going to go get them. I'm going to bring them back. He waited. Mm. Now, he was a superstar at this moment. Because of the respect that he had for me, 
he waited there with security outside until I went and got my kids, brought them back. And we all walked in, sat in the dressing room with Eminem and all that. Eminem introduced the OST to the motherfucking K. And when as we was walking out into the stadium, me, my kids, everything, we all walked with them together. Mm. And been cool ever since. So then... Um, me and 50 was going to start a comedy thing called G's of Comedy. Mm. This is where Chris Lotti was alive. Okay. But Chris Lotti, to me, was really a, a, a slow businessman to me. He didn't move the way I thought businessmen should move. So we was dealing with William Morris. William Morris was totally interested. But they took a year to put the deal together. When I got ready to sign it, um, I turned it down. I told him I didn't want to do it. Is there a reason why? Because I felt... It, 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 I. You know, you you come to a point in life you have to start thinking Republican instead of Democrat. And what I mean by that is I'm going to do it on my own. Mm. I'm not going to wait. I don't like waiting for something because at that moment, because like I told you, I love Ari Go. I think of myself as a businessman. If we would have jumped on the G's of comedy when 50 dropped his first CD, mm. G's of comedy, we would have been superstar. It would have been like the kings of comedy. No doubt about it. But you don't think at even waiting a year that it could have still popped off like that if you signed a deal? Well, it, it probably maybe was a little bit longer than a year because 50 was on his decline mm. at that time. You know, because he had, he had one album, then he had the second album that just did halfway decent, and then it went downhill from there. And then he has own internal affairs going on with Jimmy Iovine and Dre as well. So once you get distracted like that, you you could never really do business the way business I think really should be done. So I pretty much left it alone. Yeah. So you felt it was a timing issue. It's a timing issue. Everything is about timing. I give you credit for that because some people would have still probably just signed it because just to be a part of it or just because of a check, you know. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I I have integrity and I have a few you know few nickels. Have you ever been forced to want to do something just for the opportunity of making money? No, I never. If I was that kind of person, I'd have been a superstar years ago. Because somehow, a kid from Jersey City, I know everybody. Mm. I used to hang with Magic Johnson. All of us used to hang out back today, along with my man, um, not, not Carl Patillo, Carl Patillo, and my man that put up the money for um, Death Row back in the day. Who should? No, that should 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 got his money from one of my boys that was locked up. So him, Mike Tyson. Um, uh, Haitian Jack. Haitian Jack, yeah. All of them friends of mine. Man, how the fuck do you know all these people? That's what I'm saying. I know all these people. What's the most money you ever turned down? The most money I ever turned down? I don't think I've ever turned down good money. Mm. My All my situations have always been good situations. That The money I got, I earned it. Without digging into your pocket, what's the most money you ever made? If you don't mind, you know. Mm. At one time, mm-hmm. hustling or doing, um, I, legit and not legit. A lot of money. Okay. A lot of money. A couple bags. Now let me ask him because I hustled too growing up. Mm-hmm. It's hard to leave that life alone because you can never sometimes make that money. It's not easy. It depends on how you're moving. Mm-hmm. See, you have some people who hands on. You got some people who can do the same thing hands off. I was hands-off because I was protected by a family. So all I did, this is when we had burners. Sure, you sure. should never really get caught. This is when we, we, you know, we had a connection with the burners, so we have a change our phone numbers sure. pretty much all the time. 
and we uh, everybody did get busted at one time. One it did happen where uh, all our phones went down at the same time, and everybody got locked up except me. Mm-hmm. So my, a lot of my family was, went to jail for life. Um, some people did ten years, but I was the college kid, and everything I've ever done, even up to this day, I've been truly blessed. And I really had luck on my side. You know, you actually got a street named after you in Jersey City. Absolutely. Kirkland Ave. How the fuck does that happen? Well, um, Kirkland Ave happened due to the fact because I did crime. And the people who um, did that for me felt that every man in this world is born with a destiny. And because I got sidetracked and got back on is the reason. They wanted people, young black kids, young boys and girls understand that no matter what you go through life, you can always get distracted, but long as you get refocused and get back, you can still achieve your goal. And that was the the inspirement there. That to me that's the American dream. It's the American and I, dream. And, and I wish that people um I feel like I feel like the judicial system and is so ancient that they don't they don't they don't they don't highlight that enough. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is unless that happens to one of the their own. You know, they don't realize that people make mistakes or people yes. could go to a, 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 you know, a drug rehab and then yes. come home and change. Like, I totally agree. People don't need to live their, you know, live forever their fuck ups. Nobody wants to give other people a chance. And second it's just chance. A second chance. And you have to do that. I'm, I'm definitely one. I've never really did. I never did no prison time. Um, most I ever did at Rikers was 30 days sure, because sure. I changed attorneys. You wear those orange slippers? Um, I don't know if I had art the but they treated me they treated me fabulous up there because I was a celebrity yeah. when it went down. They was bringing me blimpies, okay. and that blimpies. motherfucker I was sitting up in the in the in the chamber booth watching everybody. That's how I know you old. Oh, the bubble. Uh, yeah, that's how I know you old because there's like one blimpies left in the world. Right, and people know that's the best sandwich spot ever to this day. I used to get a blimpy burger. Blimpy. Because I remember the guy who worked there at the prison, at the jail, like, mm-hmm. yo, can you bring me a blimpy? And brought the <laughs> blimpy in the next day. I'm sitting up there and watching people open them, watching the doors and all that. It was, it was, a, it was a decent time. You know, um, before we spoke about doing deals, and you said you do all your deals yourself. Mm-hmm. The reason why I'm, I, I, I'm so excited to talk about this is because I have issues with this, and I'm sure people listening do too. Some so, Okay. I'm a great talker. Yes. I'm a great negotiator. Mm-hmm. I don't like doing it. Right. I'm explaining to you why. Sometimes I feel like I don't want to uh, pause, but I want to blow someone out of the water. Mm-hmm. And then I also don't want to undersell myself. Right. Um, you know, sometimes you got to give a person a chance to, you know, uh, talk. You right. know, And not say like, well, I'll do it for, you know, let them talk. Mm-hmm. You know, there's times where I remember I said something like, oh, I'll do it for 2000 They're like, okay. And then I'm like, shit, I could have probably got four. Right. How do you, when you're negotiating for yourself, how do you, you know, make the best out of that and, and not sell yourself short and then also at the same time not scare them away? Because there's a lot of companies who won't come back and say, that's too much. They just won't that's come true. back. That's true. Um, it's, it's, it's a strategy and it's a life, it's a journey, right? Remember I told you everything is a journey. So let's take um, Miami, for instance. If I go to Miami and I know I've sold out, sometimes I'll go to a certain city and do a low number. Because believe it or not, there's some people who don't know who I am. So I'll go in sometime and do something for about two or three thousand. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm gonna be so good that when I come back, that's when I'm gonna get you. Mm-hmm. So I'll charge you two or three thousand this one time, but when I come back around, I'm gonna hit you over the head because I don't care who I'm on the show with. 
I know You're gonna when crush I, it. I told you I'm gonna get 40 points, right? Mm-hmm. I'm always consistent. So I know when I come back, the fans are gonna want me. Now I'm getting my twelve, my fifteen thousand. See, you know, you, you, you mentioned that and it's fucking perfect you mentioned that. Because here's the thing, there's times personally where I, you know, committed to a certain price. I feel sometimes it's so hard to raise your price once you commit to a price. Now let me ask you a question. You stand up? No, not doing stand up. Just do really- could be could be anything. Could be hosting. Right. Could be now uh, that uh, situation is uh, different. Because not only hosting, but other stuff. It could now, be. Do, yeah. do you do you think you carry weight to bring an audience in? Um. Yeah, but also services too. Like meaning, like uh, um, I would do um, you know, consulting for for companies, and. <clears throat> we, you, see, see, that's why you should let me represent you. Mm-hmm. If we did something for a, cause a company, I'll get you a um, first-class ticket to fly you there. Mm-hmm. You have to have transportation. You have to be in a nice hotel. And your salary would probably be about, depending on the company, I'll probably get you anywhere between five to 6000 See, I need that. What are you taking, 20%? I'll take 20%. Okay. What yeah, but we, I'm serious. I'll get you like five or $6,000. No, see, see, but here's the thing, too. You know, it's like when we talk, like you talk about audience, but here's the thing. I think that when you... Okay, you never felt this way. You say, "Look, I'll do it for three thousand. Mm-hmm. But then you don't think like when you say like when when you go back and say, "Look, I need five. No, but TK, you did it for for three. Yeah, no, that's not your problem. Your goal is to fill your bank account up. That's their concern. You have to fight for what you really believe in. And the situation is different between you and me. My situation, I make people laugh. True. Your situation is you're, you're just an MC, you're a master of ceremony. Really, you can be replaced. There's nothing about you that really holds value that you can't be replaced. But since they're interested in you, we're going to make it worth their while. So sometimes you can ask, so what's the budget? What's the budget? Um, well, the budget's 10000 But okay. people feel like when you ask them what's a budget, that you're digging in their pockets. It depends, but you always remember you don't give a fuck what they think. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm trying <laughs> to tell you. No, no, hey, listen, this is great, great advice. Yeah, Not you, only for, for you me, don't for people who listen. You care what the fuck they think. You care about what you think. You got a family to take care. You, you, you wear nice socks. You want to wear cologne. You want to look a certain way. So you don't, you don't hit everybody with the head over this one event, but this one event, you're going to get what you're worth. Okay. You make a deal for, say, you say 10000 Mm hmm. They say, look, we can only do it for seven. You take it. Okay. Why? Because all money's good money to a hustler. Mm. See, because I come from an era where you had to work 40 hours a week, which I never had a job, but I do know that exists. Sure. To the, even to this day. Sure. So why would you not take $7,000 for a day that you probably will be at home doing nothing? You know, also, too, we do creative stuff. Mm-hmm. Even being a comedian, just being a freelancer, yes. being someone that could help a brand. Yes. Sometimes your rate is just uh, uh, custom made, right? You know, meaning like how much? Like I remember, like okay, could be anything. Creating content for people, hosting. You know, you don't. There's no set rate sometimes. Yes. So I, I, I was told to try to go off of what you feel is what you would be happy with. Mm-hmm. I remember people saying like, "Yo, you got a mortgage, you got a rent." Charge them that, you know. Mm-hmm. Just say, and so then at the least case, you're getting your mortgage paid for the month in one in right, one. That's session. if you got one show. Yeah. If you're just doing one show, you, um, you got to. I guess you got to actually do that. My goal is to make sure that you have five, mm. six shows a month mm. at seven thousand, or five, six shows a month at five thousand, because then you're not really concerned. You know that if this deal goes bad, you still have four or five other shows, right? And that's the way you win. 
Did you get a business manager or? No, or, I do everything no. myself. I know you spoke about that, but what about even managing your money? Is that hard? Yeah, I, 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 they come to me all the time, um, wealth management people, and they say, "Do they work these people?" Yeah, they, the thing that they don't understand when I look at, I, st- I, I, I look right through them because my philosophy is, why the fuck did I work hard my whole life? To give you money? Give you my money that you're going to take 3% when I know what the fuck to do with my money. So you're good at handling money. I'm good at handling money. Yeah. See, because I, I'm frugal. Yeah, yeah. I only get what I need. Mm. And other than that, my money, I save. I my, want my children's future to be the most important thing to me. We take our trips. But I don't drive a fancy car no more. I don't push Maseratis or Bentleys. Um, believe it or not, I was looking at a minivan yesterday. I think I might buy me a brand new MPV? minivan. Because, I, you know, like I said, I come, I've been in those situations where you think you should shine. Yeah. It doesn't it don't mean shit. You know, that, you know, you know what I learned, too? That, that's a feeling, man. It's and, a feeling. And that shit will pass. Thing. That shit will pass. I, I remember back in the day when we was hustling, we was coming up, we was all at a party, and everybody had a suit on, I had a sweatsuit on, and I was like, yo, let's get a bottle of Cristal or whatever. So nobody had no damn money, but everybody was sharp. So I bought like six bottles of Cristal, but I was acting like a hoe. I was hovering over the bottles I wasn't trying to share, mm. and it looked ignorant. Mm. So I let everybody get a bottle or whatever, but it also taught me a lesson, and people need to understand, just because you see a person in a suit and a person in a sweatsuit, don't think that the person in a sweatsuit don't have no damn money. Sure. I think people judge way too much. Way too much. You know, I had a friend growing up, um, used to wear a white tee all the time, mm-hmm. eat food, had stains on it. Right. People used to look at him and say, what's my heart, this kid was a fucking bum? Mm-hmm. Wealthiest kid, biggest hustler. Right. But nobody ever thought that. Exactly. They always looked at the flashier people. Mm-hmm. Well, to be honest with you, flashier people were always, always oh, they look good, but they always fuck the fuck That's up. That's so true. You're absolutely right. Like, I'll give you an example. Like, when we played football back in the day, we used to have, like, leagues, like, you know, flag mm-hmm. football, whatever. Yes. Man, the most best dressed was the worst fucking player. That's so true. Or worst businessman, don't know how to take care of home. Mm. All it's, it's all, all it's all those type of things, but what can you do? I, you know, I was, oh, that's where my show came from about who raised you. Mm. I always saying who raised you, and it, it all, all comes to the way you move, the way you think, the way you handle business, the way you treat your children, the way you treat women. And like one of my things I talk about with men who cheat, yeah, and um, we use Kevin Hart, but all men who definitely cheat. And one of the rules is if you marry and you stick your dick in another woman, your money should be right. Mm. Because I'm really for the female. Mm. I'm tired of men who are get married and fuck these girls, fuck them in the ass, come in their face. You're in a pre- presidential sweet house. You got strawberries, room service, champagne, mm. and then you send the bitch home in an Uber and a couple hundred dollars. You're going back to the hood. When you do that, you got to take care of a bitch. And the, the flyest dude that understood my philosophy is Wendy Williams' husband. Mm. Kevin who, Hunter. Kevin who, when they found out that he had another bitch, the bitch lived around the corner from Wendy and him. Mm. And I like a nigga like that because you saved on gas money. <laughs> you, yo, what do you think about the Kevin Hart situation? Um, Kevin is in a situation where um, it's a life lesson. Mm. I you- told him once before he got married to Tori, he should have never got married. And he got married to this young lady. He got busted. Um, I just hope he didn't go up in a raw, mm. you know, because he got a baby, you know, and men don't think about that until they get caught. Yeah. But to be a player 
it's a certain way you have to move to be a player. Men don't understand that. Just because you got money don't make you a player. Mm. Your mindset, mm. the way you move, your swag got to be a player because you take care of a woman when you cheat on her. If you've seen this girl more than one time, she has to have a nice car. You don't have to have a Mercedes Benz, but you got to have a nice car. She got to have a nice home or a nice apartment. You got to send her money to take her shopping to make her feel good because you don't want nothing to get back to fuck up the main home where you can really lose both. You can get sued or divorced and get your money, half your money taken care taken from. Mm. Then you get the girl, the side chick, who can hit you over the head and film you and blackmail you. Sure, like, like they were trying to do it him exactly. and him. Exactly. So now you got a choice to make. Now you got to pick your poison. Mm. But you, one thing I do know, and I'm going to say this for your expert's question, a man should never go on social media and confess he got busted. Most people find out about cheating at the funeral. Mm. Meaning you fuck around your whole life, your wife don't find out you had another bitch until the funeral and everybody else did crying. Especially nowadays, and that's why I always tell men, like, yo, you better clean up your DMs every fucking day because when you die and then they have access to that shit and they're like, oh, my husband, and they go to DMC who's fucking sending dick pics to fucking every girl. They're like, fuck this motherfucker. And that is a horrible feeling because one of my homies was that way. Got sick, caught a case, died of cancer. Mm. Him and his wife didn't get along, but he was fucking with this other girl. His wife had to bury him, and they didn't like each other. And I sat in the back at the funeral, and I watched it. And I never want to be in that type of situation where me and my wife is not getting along. I got a side chick, but the side chick don't have power. Mm. Who's ever the wife is the one mm. who has the power. So she burying you. The side chick is over there, but the wife got to put up with all that pain that you took her through. And she's the one that got to put your ass away. Could could uh, Kevin Hart come back from this? And what I, I don't mean career wise, meaning like in his, can he stay in that marriage? And and it and, depends on if he's what kind of man he is, what kind of play he is, or the girl may not give a fuck. Yeah, depends on her. Because sometimes you be with a girl who they'll they, you get into an argument, they'll bring it up. You know what I mean? Right. You'll always be and li- we'll never know. That. But yeah. I could tell you this: once trust is gone, it's done. Yeah. That's a fact. I don't give a fuck who yeah. you are. Yeah. No, I agree. Once trust is gone, man, woman, whatever, is done. Yeah. No, I agree. Have you uh, spoke to Taxstone? No, I haven't. And I, 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 I have a rule that once you go away, it's, it's a wrap to me. Why is that? Because I'm a mover and a shaker. I got to keep moving. And I, I, I hate to think of negative things through my day. So even with people who come in my life, if they bring me some type of issues or problems, this is my children. I have to pretty much get you out of my life. I know it's kind of mean, but that's why I look as young as I do. Mm. Lastly, as we wind down this episode, you have a lot of businesses. Yes. What's your most successful business? My most successful business, I could honestly say, is being, um, I think, my label and my book deal that I'm about to do. Because now I have a publishing company. And when I drop my book in January, I'm going to start signing authors to my book and really give people a chance to put their story out there. And nice. I think that's going to be, I, uh, I like putting people on. Mm. I think As you should. Yeah. I just think, um, even though I'm like that, but I'll never forget Johnny Cochran. is another person I met when I used to go to college. We used to get our hair cut at this barbershop on the Brea in Inglewood, California for about 10, 15 years together 
and Cotarell's too mm. on the Brea and 52nd Street, if I'm not mistaken. Did you and, get your mustache trim like Johnny too? Yeah, I used he to have the, the perfect. I used, I used to have trim. the Eddie Murphy mustache back in the day. Okay, girl, right there. You go on my Instagram, you'll see a picture of me with uh, one of my track days, and um, he always said, "No one can make it unless somebody else helps you." Mm. And I just like to put people on because a lot of people don't want to help any, help anybody. So if I can, I I do what I can for you. You know, I was telling my lady this um, about my daughter. My daughter's going to college mm-hmm. next year. Oh, good. And um, my, you know, um, my lady has a master's degree. She mm-hmm. loves school. Right. And I'm leaning on her to just, you know, let us know. It's amazing to have information around you. Yes. When I was, one of my, I feel like one of my failures, to be honest with you mm-hmm. in life, is not having enough information for the right things. Right. Growing up. Right. Like, I didn't have anyone tell me, like, yo, you should go to college. You should go right here. Mm-hmm. I didn't know, like, like my lady's hit me now for my lady, um, telling me, like, make sure she signs up for the financial aid before January 1st. Make mm-hmm. sure she These things are golden to have. Yes. So if you have information around you, you you could you could succeed. Yes, you can. You know, um, and, and, and you know, that's something I lack. So the point I'm trying to make is, Having OGs or having people who are willing yes. to to drop gems on you right. or, or 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 pass the torch to you, right? And this you and know. the podcast really got me hip again, you know. Like you know, because when I was a crook, I took words as offense. Like I had to read it twice. They used to call me the jewel dropper. Mm-hmm. So this motherfucker offending me when he's calling me a thief. But what he's saying is I'm dropping gems. Mm. So it's amazing over the last year. The knowledge I picked up from doing podcasts, sure. the knowledge that I picked up knowing that people do need uh, OG, I call it being your GPS. Mm. Your GPS is that let me guide you. Sure, navigation to, through life. To, to, to get you to where you got to go. But you really got to listen to me. There's a lot of people out here just winging it. You're 40-something years old. You don't even have $100,000 in the bank. That means you got one foot <laughs> in a shelter, one foot um, in the house. And what, what are you going to do? Yeah. So I want people to understand, it's like, stop this bullshit, stack your paper, save. If you got to get another job, do what you got to do. But I don't want you going through life struggling. I don't want you to be the kind of man, um, nothing in the female, and your money's not right. Sure. Because you're damaging her and you're damaging him. Uh, exactly. And, and and the kid, you know, you know what's so crazy, too? I always say to myself, like, I would love to have another kid. Mm-hmm. One more. Right. I can't afford it. Smart. But you know it's crazy. People I know that are broke as fuck. Well, do that. Next thing I'm about, yo, what's going on with you? Yo, we'll have another kid. What? Isn't that insane? How the fuck? Now here's something that is gonna fuck you up, right? You ever watch like during the Hurricane Katrina and all that? They for some reason they start showing the people overseas who need money as well. They don't have clean drinking water, sure. and they show the flies all on the kid's mouth, on sure. the on the kid's tongue. And my thing is. Why would you nut in your wife knowing that you bring in a child into this fucked up situation? Mm. You live in a paper house. You have no toilet. You have no washing dryer, no furniture. But yet you, you still have a fucking children. And this is the lack of intelligence of our people. Even in the hood, men chase ass. We get these girls pregnant and it's just a constant cycle of child support, I hate my baby's mama, I hate my baby's daddy, mm-hmm. and it's a continuous cycle, and we have to stop it because I want people to win, and to win 
is that you go to school, you learn a skill. You don't have to go to college, but you got to learn a skill and trade. And it also starts that when you know that you're having a child, parents should put 100 to $200 away a month until mm. a child is 21. So when they get ready to go out on their own, you give them a check. Mm. That way they can get furniture, a nice car. Sure. Give them a, a start on life. Instead of them starting at 18. You know, you mentioned Chris Lighty. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I know, uh, you know, Combat and Chris, they did the, the mogul by yes. Chris Lighty. Mm-hmm. And I went to an event, and I seen his daughter talk. And she went to college, and I think she finished college. And he was like, yo, if you finish college, I got something for you. Mm-hmm. And I remember her saying that she ran up to him with the fucking diploma in her right. hand. And she was like, I did it, Daddy. And he tapped her on the shoulder and was like, you don't got no student loans. <laughs> and she was like, wait, that's it? But think about what he did for her. Right. Started her from zero. Exactly. Started her from zero. You know what, man? You know, my daughter's 17, and I'm learning to be a better... I, I, I feel I'm a great dad. Yes. But I'm learning to be a better one to my son. Exactly. And plan better and do yep, better. That's uh, right. You know, like, 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 like what you say about putting money away, put so money important, away. man. So important. You know? better believe it. Because it changes I, everything. You know, I say this. Lastly, as, as we wind this down, I say this. W- okay, people get health insurance. Yes. People get car insurance. Yes. People get life insurance. Mm-hmm. People never get marriage insurance. Right. And what I mean by that, I speak about this all the time. You get married, but you never know what can happen. Exactly. I remember, you know, putting all my money into one account with, with my first wife, and, mm-hmm. and 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 I didn't make a lot, but whatever I made. I put I put all my eggs in one basket. Right. The day that we separated, and it happened so quick, mm-hmm. I was back in my mother's house. That's right. I I didn't have access to that account. And I'm going to mean to cut you off. Mm-hmm. This is why I was saying earlier, a man should have twenty five thousand dollars. All right. And you have twenty five thousand, and you should never have a joint bank account. Mm-hmm. Here you are making twenty thousand a month, and your maid is making seven hundred, but you're taking ten thousand dollars out every month. I don't believe in that. I believe if we're grown, I know what bills have to be paid. You know what bills have to be paid. We move from there. But that's what I mean by equally yoked. Mm. See, when you meet somebody and you're equally yoked, you can put yourself together to whatever happens. If it breaks up, the transition is more beautiful. Mm. And this is what I'm saying. If you had more money at that time, you would have never went back to your mom's. You would have been able like, okay, it didn't work out. I'm just going to get my own place and start and keep it moving. And I'm glad that you said that because that's the perfect example. What I was trying to explain to men and women in this journey is that before you stick your dick in a woman, before you start thinking about having children, if your money is not over 25000 mm. you are about to have the struggle of your fucking sure, sure. life. Sure, Because people don't, people plan to get married. People never plan to get divorced. Exactly. And everything should be a plan. Sure. And you have to be qualified. Sure. You got to be qualified to fuck. You sure. want a nice car, right? But if you're not qualified, you don't get the car. You want a nice house. If you're not qualified, you don't get the house. And you never know what can happen. Next thing you know, you out there all willy-nilly. Yep. Got no money in your fucking account. You're back at your mother's. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's so, a horrible feeling. So that's why, you, you know, that's why we say, like, you should plan ahead. Plan ahead. And, have a, and if you do do a joint bank account... Mm have a bank account nobody knows about mm-hmm. and keep that bank account stacked. It's not telling a secret. It's not telling a secret, but you're protected. One thing my aunt always told me when I was a youngster, CYA, 
Cover your ass. <laughs> I like that. That's the insurance we need, man. That is insurance. Listen, TK, man, you, you traveled all around the world. Yes. You, you didn't stand up comedy all over the world. What is your favorite place you've ever been to? Believe it or not, I always tell people everywhere you go should be your favorite place. Oh, come on, man. No, seriously, I'm, I'm giving you a true story because I like to get drop knowledge. Okay. See, everywhere you go has something to offer. Mm. Everywhere you go, there's a different experience. That's the reason why you want to travel. You travel for that different feeling, that different experience. So when you go to Dubai, there's a certain type of feeling and certain food you want to eat. When you go to Miami, there's certain things that you want to do. When you go to um, Texas, L.A., San Francisco, um, Portland, every place has something interesting for you to do. But if I had to play... Um, um, do t- tell the right thing. If I didn't have to tell you which one of my favorite cities, it would definitely be Miami. Why if is I that? had a, because I just like water. Even though I have to get in the water all the time, I just want to know that I'm by water. I like jet skis. Sure, I like beautiful. the parasail. It's a different life, man. exactly. It's a different life. And believe it or not, God willing, I hope I'm here for the Super Bowl. Um, in 2020 in Miami, Florida. Nice. Now, I've been to mostly every Super Bowl. And hopefully we have a new president. Never, right. And there's never... Su- Miami, Florida Super Bowl is on a whole nother fucking level. Mm, mm. All, you know what? You know All that ass and all that yeah, yo. Yes. But I'm <laughs> then looking for, in the next 10, 20 years, Super Bowl in Vegas. Really? You, know, you live in Vegas, I live don't in you? Vegas. But How do you not gamble it? since you live in Vegas? Uh, discipline. Really? Yeah. Discipline. You know, I'm actually, you know where all the bodies are buried out there? No, I don't. Okay. I, I just get on the plane and I keep it moving. Fucking desert out there. Yeah, you know? it was a desert. You know, they had the tangerines out there, the casino movie. Yeah. But you got to see Vegas now. Yeah. Beautiful. Blow. Man, they got the um, You ever Tesla been to the Spearmint Rhino? No. The strip club? You ever heard of it? I don't really do, I don't really do strip clubs. I, you know, I don't like strip clubs either because I feel like, why wake my dick up for no reason? Right. I go, if I, but if I do go once in a while, I'll get some food. I'll sit in the back. Yo, the chicken wings are good but in the strip The music clubs. is banging really? in that motherfucker. Yeah, but the problem What is it about the music in a strip club that's unbelievable? Because they're doing songs and dancing. Man, that shit is awesome. It's gotta be but hard. I was at a strip club. I was at Magic City about a month ago. Yep, yep. Haven't been there. Everybody's like, TK, where you been? It's been like maybe 10, 15 years. I saw a girl. I think she was Russian. What? Yeah, and the bitch was going on them poles so Damn. phenomenal. Like a gymnast. I was mad. I said, this bitch can win a gold medal for us in the Olympics, and this bitch is in a strip club <laughs> wasting <laughs> her fucking talent because this bitch was gifted. Hey, listen, this talented mother, I always talk about it. Even in jail, like, yo, there was people that were making fucking uh, uh, bars of soap into fucking, like, doves. Right. And fucking and, 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 and geese. Isn't that amazing? Like, and fu- yeah, and fucking, like, hearts with arrows. Right, right. I used right. to send them home to my mother, and she was like, oh, Pete, you're so creative. <laughs> I was like, that's not me, that was Julio. Right, what right, that's about? funny as hell. You know, but oh, there, my God. there are creative people in this world, yes. man. You just got to look. This bitch was flipping, yo. I said, I'm on the walk up to her and says, listen, I need you to represent America yeah. because, bitch, you are talented. Yo, um, Charlemagne. Yes, my um, man. How did you even meet Charlemagne? Believe I knew Charlemagne since he was a kid. Really? Because um, Wendy Williams was a big fan of mine, yep. her and Kev. So they used to have me on BLS all the time. Mm-hmm. So Charlemagne was the intern, and that's how we met. And it's been amazing to see his, his to see his journey. It's great. You know, I told him I was with him in Philadelphia at a book signing, mm-hmm. and the, literally in Philadelphia, Barnes and Noble, there was like an escalator, it's like four floors, three right. or four floors up. There were people wrapped around each escalator to outside of the door. Wow. And I remember, and I stood behind him and I said, Xiaomi, who would have ever thought? And you know what he said? What? Me. 
And I was like, yo, I love how confident he was. Yeah. Because he was like, yo, me, I, I always thought this could be. But, right. You know, and, and it's good to hear that because sometimes you can say like, yeah, who would have thought? Hey, right. I've known since yeah. he was a kid. Yeah, he and thought. I love that. Because believe it or not, because I knew them like that, that's one of my reasons why I never wanted to do the Breakfast Club. Because I thought they was children. I was like, I'm not doing no fucking Breakfast Club. They're like, I'm TK Kirkland. They're beneath me. Mm-hmm. That's how I was feeling three, mm-hmm. four years ago. Now, now look at them. Yeah, now look at. But what's so great? If you ever watched my first interview with them, I seen it. I you heard me say, "When'd y'all blow up?" Mm-hmm. Like I was really sincere because I'd known them for a while. Like, when the fuck did this happen? Am I is my head in the ground that I don't know what's going on? But it, I'm glad that I got back into this game, social media, podcast. I want to thank all the fans. That are following me. The I'm TK thank you, Kirkland the Show. The TK Kirkland Show to be on your show and mm-hmm. hopefully that the people listening to follow me on my Instagram sure, at sure. TK underscore Kirkland or What about to, Twitter? Or Twitter, same thing at TK At TK Kirkland at tell TK them, Kirkland. Say fuck you, TK Kirkland. Yeah, you funny as hell. And then um if you listen to this, um download the hottest comedy C D in the country right now. It's nominated it's the buzz going around that I could probably be nominated for a Grammy. Nice. And I'm excited. Where can they get that? On iTunes. Really? On iTunes called it Who called? Raised You. Who Raised You? Who Raised You. Okay. I, I think people are truly, truly going to love it. Gonna so ch- we did Instagram. We did social media. Yeah. So that's pretty We're much We're going to check cool. that out. Listen, uh, last two things. Mm-hmm. Um, for any comics that are coming up. Yes. That are struggling right now, right? Or that want to get into the field. Mm-hmm. What's some advice you have for them? The advice is one: you got to learn how to write, mm-hmm. and not think about the money. Write and then perform as much as possible. And all, believe it or not, I believe comedians should wear solid colors on stage. You know, sometimes, why is that? Because when the audience is watching you, you don't ever want them to be distracted. You want everything to be focused on your face and your mouth. But mm-hmm. if you got striped colors on people are really paying attention to the stripes and the different colors. So you're, you should always have on a nice shirt that's solid and your sneaker game. It's got to be official. Always, official. Of course. You got to look neat. Of course. Let me ask you something. Bottom line. Stage presence. Can that be, can that be taught? No. Mm. If you got it, you got it. If you don't, you don't. Mm. Bottom line. And one thing I knew on stage, that's something that always I knew I had with stage presence. Mm. And stage presence, if people don't know what that is, stage presence is when you come in the room and for somehow, some way, you demand attention or people just are magnetized towards sure, you. Sure. That's stage presence to the people that don't know. Sure. I mean, listen, that's something, you know, it's funny because I feel like um, I always wanted to be a comedian. And, uh, you know, I've always made people laugh. And you but, have the presence. But I never, yeah, of course, I do. And yeah, I'm you not have just the aura. Here saying no, that. you're being, that's, that's, that's but what you I have, like about yeah. I see it. Yeah. The aura, everything. But you could be a great actor. Mm-hmm. So but I'm also to, getting older. Sometimes I feel like, and, and you can understand this, mm-hmm. like sometimes we're like, oh, we got to start all over in this field. You now, know what I mean? I, don't think, yeah. I think every year a man, a woman should put um, things they would like to achieve to better yourself. Mm. That's what life is about. Mm. Life's about what am I going to do next year to better myself than this year? This is how I came up with the podcast. Mm. I was sitting home one day because Charlemagne had been asking me sure, to sure. do it for a while. I said, eh, I've been doing the same thing for years. Can I do something different? I called him up, said, yo, let's go. I like that mindset. And boom. So now the, the, the podcast is doing extremely well. Sure. So next year I dropped the book. Mm. I once can't I, wait for the book. Well, yeah, it's called Who Raised You? The Blueprint to Life. Mm. Then once I do that, 
Then from there, I do um, signing people to to do their books. Yep. And then I have to start finding something that I that I have to find something challenging. So I know I'm taking a yoga, but even now I might start taking um, karate or UFC, something that's really? physical. Some Bruce Lee shit. Yeah, so just just for um, growth mm. m- for mind and spirit. You ever thought about getting into porno back in the day? No, never thought never? about it. But I used to. I did make my own tapes. Like, and I was pretty talented. So I was really good. yeah. Hey, listen, God bless, man. My, my my real gift is that I can eat pussy and fuck real good. Okay. Yeah, and what I try to tell women before we go, every man, when he has sex, should give a woman 750 strokes of dick. In one in one sitting? In one night. Now, see, you should see this facial expression on your face like, I've never given a bitch 750 No, strokes. I was trying to count in my head. Yeah, like, and the girls right now who's listening like, well, I've never had 750 strokes. I've had 15, mm. maybe 17, but never 750. But every man should give a woman 750 strokes. But here's the bad side to that. After 31, you lose 21 strokes a month. Mm. I'm 56. I'm down to 17 strokes. God damn. So now when I meet women... They think I want pussy, but no, bitch, I want to snuggle until these numbers build back up. But, bitch, as soon as it get back up to 750, I'm going to fuck the hell out of you. So you <laughs> I'll, I'll be right back. <laughs> so you got about four months, bitch, because that's how long it takes. <laughs> hey, listen, this is my last question for you. Yes, sir. Who is someone that's a fan of yours that you would have never expected that you found out? Wow, who would that be? The young lady that played the teacher on the Steve Harvey show. Really? I saw her one day, and she said, T to the motherfucking K. I didn't even know she knew me. She said, I used to watch you when you used to come down to Howard. Mm. I'm a big fan. Her and the other young lady who played, um, oh, man. What does she play in? She's an actress, too. She's doing her thing. But I can't think of her name offhand. Mm. Yeah, so I can't think of name, but yeah, I, the one that comes to mind right now is the young lady from the Steve Harvey show who played the principal, mm-hmm. whatever her name is, I can't remember. And I'm sure the story you told before about fifty, you know, no, no, you know, knowing you and and yes, when you didn't, so that that could connect to that. Yes, but listen, TK man, let me tell you something. Your longevity is inspiring. Thank you. You've so been around much, for Pete. a long time. Yes. Real talk, making people laugh. I'm I'm a fan of anybody making people laugh because I'll be honest with you. I say this all the time. Each day, I try to find a new reason to smile. Yes, sir. I want to learn how to laugh more. I'm a Brooklyn cat. Right. Sometimes I feel like we're so like strong, like looking at mm-hmm. a motherfucker so serious. Like learn to laugh, motherfucker. Yes. Learn to smile more. And, 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 and comedians thing, do that for people. Yes, man. but the, you got something going on pretty good, Pete. Mm-hmm. You, Appreciate I, you. I, I see the situation you have here. You live for it. Mm. It keeps you young. It keeps you um, um, connected to the world. Sure. And. With that type of information that you're having, that knowledge, you, your children are going to be better for it. But remember, you can manage yourself. Mm. I'm going to give you my number. Mm. Before you close a deal, I want you to always remember this. Never say yes at that moment. I want you to always use words like, can I chew on it for a day? Mm. Tell them that's what you want to do. So let me chew on it for a day. Because then you get to calculate in your head what more you need or you can take the deal. Mm. That's what I want you to do. Because mm. right now, I already know that you can probably get five, 
6000 a set, plus air and hotel. Mm. Never let nobody tell you 5000 or and unless it's $10,000. And you know you can get a ticket for 300 sure. something dollars in a nice hotel, so you still walk away with about seven, eight thousand dollars. Shit. Well, listen, TK Kirkham may be my new manager. Okay, <laughs> I'll have to be your manager, but you can call me and I could tell you. I appreciate you on Instagram. Where you at again? TK Kirkland. TK underscore Kirkland and Twitter. Twitter at TK Kirkland. Listen, TK, I'm calling you Frank Sinatra. You know why? Because <laughs> you did it your way. I did it my no, no, way. No, no, most definitely. And I appreciate that's inspiring, man. Like yes, I said, sir. keep making people laugh. Keep dropping these gems for people to know about how to handle the pussy correctly. The pussy, the business. And I think I think you're going to get married at like 70 years old. Probably 75. I think so. But I want a, a young woman with some hips, nice ass, mm-hmm. you know, that, um, that got 25000 in the bank. Exactly. Internet's TK Kirkland. Incidents, if you enjoyed that episode, I want you to reach out to me. Email me. Tweet me, okay? Email the premium Pete Show at gmail.com. At Twitter, at premium Pete, at premium Pete Show on Instagram, at premium Pete, at premium Pete Show also. Let me know what you like. Let me know what you didn't like. And also, to all my small businesses or big businesses, no matter how small or big you are, you want to advertise with the premium Pete Show? Get at me. The premium Pete Show at gmail.com, and we'll figure something out, okay? Now make sure you subscribe, rate, and tell a friend to tell a friend. And I'll see you next episode. Cheer. Incidents, if you enjoyed that episode, I want you to reach out to me. Email me. Tweet me, okay? Email the premium Pete Show at gmail.com. At Twitter, at premium Pete, at premium Pete Show on Instagram, at premium Pete, at premium Pete Show also. Let me know what you like. Let me know what you didn't like. And also, to all my small businesses or big businesses, no matter how small or big you are, you want to advertise with the premium Pete Show? Get at me. The premium Pete Show at gmail.com, and we'll figure something out, okay? Now make sure you subscribe, rate, and tell a friend to tell a friend. And I'll see you next episode. Cheer.